Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, their history, their f- and their flavor profiles. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, so today is a special episode because uh, all, all, all of my scripted episodes have been uh, recorded. So this is going to be one of my special episodes that gets released in between uh, the, the standard episodes. Uh, today I am, I am joined by... Uh, Sam Corby. Ah, I just messed up his last name. <laughs> I'll let him pronounce it because I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it again. Um, but uh, he's from Sawdust City. He's he's a co-founder and brewer at Sawdust City. If I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, so if you would, Sam, tell us uh, the proper pronunciation of your last name, and a little bit about yourself, and how you got into the uh, craft beer and into the industry. Uh, it's it's Corbet. It's uh, you know the French. It's a French name. I don't speak French, but uh, <laughs> uh, I have my my dad's parents are from uh, just outside of Montreal. Um, I I got into craft beer about sixteen years ago, seventeen years ago. Uh, I started. Um, I went to uh, France and Belgium with my wife and uh, a couple of our friends, and while we were there, uh, we went to you know a number of breweries as you do. And uh, as you do, <laughs> we were at a beer festival in the Grand Place in uh, Brussels. And uh, while I was there, I, I, you know, quickly realized I liked beer a lot more than I like my job, which was advertising at the time. So that was back in 2005. <laughs> and then early 2006, I left to go to uh, Germany at the, and attend the VLB, uh, the uh, Certified Brewmasters Program. So I was there for a year and then I came back and started here in Ontario, like I said, 2006. Um, at the time, there was only 35 breweries in the entire province, um, much smaller industry than it is right now. So over the last, you know, 16 years, that 15, 16 years, I've seen the Ontario scene grow at an absolutely exponential rate. And, uh, you know, it's been fantastic to see and sort of like this, this growth and explosion and just the general quality and breadth of beer that you can now get in Ontario and Canada wide. So uh, I've been very lucky and fortunate to be uh, also working with Rob a lot, who uh, owned Taps Beer Magazine and the Canadian Brewing Awards. So I had a lot of access to, you know, meeting other breweries, uh, traveling around the country and uh, attending the award shows and just sort of meeting a lot of people from coast to coast in the Canadian brewing scene. And it allowed me to, you know, really learn a lot. So I, I count myself very lucky to have that opportunity. Uh, and you know, this, it's just such an expansive, wonderful community. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. You know, I found that, um, so I, I'm originally from the States. I moved to Canada three years ago, uh, at the end of this month, it'll be three years. Um, and 
in terms of the the number of of breweries uh craft breweries that are available i mean uh in raw in raw percentages you, you know i don't know how what the percentage between here and the united states is but uh i get the feeling that um canada is about five to ten years behind in the curve of of the ramp up of, of uh of breweries i mean since i've lived here for three years i think i've i've seen probably a dozen new little craft breweries pop up just you know just in ontario that that i've paid attention to there's probably more um but yeah it, it seems like um much like the the craft scene in the united states it's the same it's that same yeah, we're we're competitors, but no, we're not really competitors. We're all we're all in this together. We're all trying to make the best product we can and and, and improve improve the uh, the craft beer industry a, as a whole, which is always nice to see. And and every every brewery that uh, that I've had the uh, the opportunity to visit uh, before everybody was in lockdowns, <laughs> um, they've all been very very welcoming. They've they've all had you know nothing but but. Uh, great things to say about the other craft breweries around the area which is always great yeah i try to like all right it, like you said it's not compatriot we're not competitors we're compatriots and yeah one of the things that i do miss the most about the state of the the world over the last year is the <laughs> is the collabs like we've done a lot and i love working with other breweries i have been fortunate to do a couple they've been long distance so we haven't been able to you know, we've been doing them over Zoom or just sort of like talking back and forth. Uh, we did, we released two over the last two weeks. Uh, one with uh, the guys at Prince Eddie. We did their annual shenanigans release, uh, which came out this weekend. And then last week or the week before, sorry, with uh, Jeff and the guys at Indie Ale House or at Italy. And uh, we did a, a, a German half of Weissen that we did with, uh, and we used a portion of reused bread from their restaurant because obviously they weren't able to use it as they went into lockdown so we did that as right. well we used the tango hops with that so normally we'd be out there hanging out with these guys and seeing each other and you know copious high fives all around but instead we're just zooming <laughs> it up which you know it is what it is you got to make the best of it but I, I definitely this the community is one thing that i've missed uh sorely over the last year and a half yeah, so so have I. So, um, in in my life outside of talking about beer, I, I do IT work and I work from home exclusively. So my my uh, my outlet, my social activity was always popping down to a pub. And my wife and I loved on weekends just going and finding different places where we hadn't been and checking out the breweries and, and tasting their beers. And it's been a different experience uh, altogether, you know, so, so I don't have any place I can go these days. So I, I've been ordering a lot of beer in and, and that's fine. And, you know, the, one of the best things I think has happened because of the lockdown is all of the, the shipping from, from, uh, from all the different breweries direct to my house now. So like places like I've gotten beer delivered from Timmins, from full beard brewing up in Timmins, which I wouldn't get there normally because that's yeah. a hell of a drive from where I live. <laughs> yeah, we, so, you know, it's been great. We, we had started doing online stuff uh, the year, maybe two years before, but it was very limited. And we had tried sort of to establish ourselves because we are a bit outside of the city. So in the winter, when people don't tend to come up to Muskoka as much, summertime people are up at their cottage and or driving around. But we don't have a lot of access to many people in the wintertime. So it was always part of our plan to establish an online store. And 
you know, all it took was, uh, you know, a world-ending pandemic for that to happen. So, <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. I was that? <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about a beer that I have never had. One that until until uh, we were discussing uh, what beer we were going to talk about on, on this show, uh, I had never even heard of. Uh, so it's it's the Tropical Storm Mojito IPA from Sawdust City. Uh, I, I have to tell you, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> well, this, is a, this is a beer that's sort of been in the works for a number of years in terms of how we sort of came about to make it. It's obviously something that's different than uh, you normally find in an IPA, but uh, it brought together a many things that we've done in the past that allowed us to you know, create this thing that we're quite happy with. Like the, the base beer itself is sort of a, an, a, an amalgam of um, Ale of Two Cities, which is a cloud that originated with us in uh, Stone City in Kingston. And then uh, that sort of migrated to Electric Storm. And from there, uh, which became more of a New England style sour IPA, or we, as we like to call it, it's a little bit more of a tart IPA. We didn't want it to go full sour, which was what Ale of Two Cities was. And then we brought in some components of some of the Coriolis stuff that we've done in the past, like the lime and the jalapeno lime, and just working with different uh, herbs and spices, which we've you know, done a number of times in the, in the past. So to create this, we brought all that knowledge that we've been, you know, gaining over the last uh, seven years at uh, Sawdust and Gravenhurst and put it together to create this beer, which I think is a super drinkable and a fantastic summer beer. And it's un the only unfortunate part is it's 6.9. And I always just forget for at least the first couple. <laughs> and then I quickly remember <laughs> I don't know. In, in, in my world, 6.9 is still a session ale. So. <laughs> oh! Well, this one will be right up your alley in the summertime because that, that tartness, <laughs> it just cuts any feeling of, of booze. And then the mint and the lime sort of give you this cooling and refreshing note. And it just makes it crazy drinkable. So it's, I, 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 quite, I quite like how it turned out. And, um, you know, we've been working, the way to get, we get the lime is we use some zest and we've been working with this zest company for a while and we're pretty happy with our, you know, sort of process on that. The mint was a new thing and we were kind of wondering, like, we didn't want it to be over the top minty. We wanted it to be like just in the background and it's exactly what comes out. Like the lime's very much in front, but right at the end, you just get this cool mint refreshingness that totally works. And even with the bitterness from the, you know, the hops in the IPA, that sour helps balance that out. And it, you know, you're left with something that's, I find very drinkable. Yeah. Well, looking at the can, it says it's 42 IBU. So that's not terribly bitter. Um, it, yeah. It's, I not, mean, it's not way over the top. Like, like I said, it's a new England style. So we're not going for like, we're not face crushing here. We just want the hops there. And like, honestly, the 42 is a bit of a, like a, yeah, that's what it says, but it, Probably isn't. It's probably less than that. It's just a number we put 
Yeah, no, I, I get it. You know, uh, I, I, am, I am very happy to see that um, more and more people are embracing the, uh, the New England style IPAs because the, that, that juicy flavor and that the, the lower bitterness and the more, the more kind of that sweet tropical flavor is a really good way for people who, who, uh, who don't care for standard IPAs to, uh, to, to dip their toe into the waters of yeah. IPAs. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an old school purist. Uh, I hated it when, when they started doing the super hoppy, how, who, how, how much, how much hops can we shove in this and how bitter can we make it before people stop buying it thing? You know, uh, for me, a, a, an IPA was the old school traditional, you know, heavy malt backbone with like a single type of hop that just kind of, uh, in there to, to give it that, that bitterness. And then, uh, you know, for the longest time, I refused to drink IPAs because of that whole, Oh, let's, let's see how bitter we can make it. And then, uh, people started doing the, uh, the new England styles more and more, and you've got a lot of fantastic flavors that are out there for this. So, and, I have to say that I love a, a standard mojito in the summertime, so I imagine I'm going to like this beer. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Like, uh, it's it's very hazy. I mean, uh, and it finishes actually relatively high for IPAs. Like um, the final gravity is relatively. It's all on the can, as you can see. So there's definitely like enough body there. Uh, we did carb it a little higher than we normally do for our New Englands because we wanted that zippiness. Uh, to play off yep. the sour. Normally we carb a little lower uh, for the New Englands to promote mouthfeel. And uh, it's sort of like more like a stout carb profile. This one is like a regular Lone Pine, which is a little bit higher. Uh, so there's like, gotcha. like I said, there's a, a number of different um, learnings that we were able to put into this to make it what we wanted. And uh, all those things that you mentioned about like the, you know, the upside of the New England are definitely on full display here. Uh, it's certainly juicy. It's definitely tropical, and you'll notice that you know there's a balance between the sweet and the tartness, and it's not about the bitterness. There is bitterness, obviously, at the finish, but it's not like it's not like those old hops arm races that we used to see in the early 2000s. <laughs> right, right, yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna go ahead and crack this bad boy open. So you should be able, like, I would imagine, right away, you'll get that lime up front. It's uh, well, it certainly smells very tropical. Yeah, and we like all of the stuff that we use to make our regular um, New Englands are in this, so it's just, and then we don't add the lime and the and the mint till after in the secondary, so it it it's all there. It's the last thing that gets put in before it gets packaged. Like it's fresh limes as we order it and pick it up the day before, so it when the, when we nice. open the bag. It's very, it, the, all the oils come out and the brewery smells fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, with the mint, uh, we steep it for 24 hours, cold steep it so we don't pull any of that astringency out. And then uh, yep. we add it at that point. So we already had enough bitterness, so we didn't want any of that tea to strip, put any more in. And then with the zest, it's just the zest. There's none of the rind. So again, no more of that bitterness. And then we steep gotcha. it to pull the oils out. So, yeah, so on the nose, um, it's got a very tropical, tropical aroma to it, but you do, you do smell the citrusy, like the lime citrus notes just, just on that. And it's, it's got a, it's got a great, it's got a great color and a, a nice, a nice level of haziness. Um, yeah. You know, so it's not like, it's not some of those where it, it, like when you tend to get towards like the milk, 
um, milkshake IPAs and stuff where it's super, super cloudy and looks like there's stuff just junk floating around it. This, this just looks like it's just a uniform haziness across it. So I'm going to give it a sip here. Here we go. So yeah, we do, we don't filter it. We just use a bag, which basically catches any large particulate or anything that might pass. And we do, you know, cold crash it for a number of days to stop any flocculation or anything pulling out. So there is a lot of, you know, the, the end of the run process is pretty important because we want this beer to last a while on the shelf. And uh, sometimes IPAs get rushed out and they fall apart too soon. So it's important for us to establish shelf, shelf stability and, uh, you know, make sure it lasts a while. All right. So first sip for me. Uh, yeah. Big hit of lime in the mouth. Um, and then... Um, so I, I I took a, I didn't take a big a big swig I just took a little sip just but I, I got it and it's got it's got a, a nice uh, medium bodied mouthfeel to it so it's not it's not super thick in the mouth but it's not like thin and watery it's it's a nice medium medium body for it and I got a little bit of the mint on the back end but I imagine on my next sip which is going to be a little larger <laughs> I'll, I'll get more of that <laughs> yeah the mint was like like I said it's just supposed to be there at the end to bring you back and cool you down and then you kind of want it again and it, it sort of develops like we want this to be sort of a journey as opposed to just a one-hit wonder like you taste those different flavors yeah i have to say this is a fantastic beer <laughs> well now, i mean now, like you said, having... there's, not, there's not really anything that we could compare it to or how we were going to do it so you know we just did it the way that we had learned of other things it it, it it tastes a lot like an actual mojito. It's got that it's got that uh, that that lime to it. It's got that that mint to it. I mean, it, it's not it's not uh, it's it's not overpowerfully bitter at all. It's it's really it's a really mild bitter finish on it. It's it's like I don't know. I I'd almost say that it's it's not even bitter. I mean, it's just just <laughs> a little bit to take the take take that sweet edge off. Um, yeah, this is this is something I could I could see myself getting in trouble with because uh, as we were talking before the recording started, it is six point nine percent, and uh, I tend I tend to like my beers, uh, you know, more heavy hitting things that really give me a punch in the mouth. And this does it in terms of flavor, and it does it in terms of the amount of alcohol it's got. This would, <laughs> yeah, it, this yeah. this would be a this would be a fantastic sitting down by the pool in the hot sunshine beer. That's what that's I see what we're this going for. Like That's literally like back deck, chilling in the summer. Um, we want, you know, people to enjoy it, fun, have fun times. And, you know, as brewers, I think, you know, our, we're, our job is to bring some fun and, and, and levity to, you know, your work week. At the end of the work week, you want to chill out and enjoy your backyard and enjoy whatever, or your cottage or whatever. And just having a nice cool beverage can help that. And, you know, if it's a little bit off center, then we're happy with that because it gives you something to talk about. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is great. You know, um, I do have to say though, every beer I've tried from you guys has been really good. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I, 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 we, we were we were talking before I started recording that uh, my favorite beer you guys make is uh, the Blood of Cthulhu. Uh, I actually buy a flat of it every time it comes out, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got I've got six I've got six cans left out of the flat. So <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of my yearly favorites as well. I I really like that time of year. It's like you're just coming out of 
summer into fall, getting cooler, and you're you know you're putting aside the lighter beers and you're really looking for those big dark beers. And Halloween just hits right, you know, for Cthulhu and um, yeah. I don't well, want to think about the fall because we're just getting into the summer and I'm looking at Yeah, we're just getting into summer, but but yeah, yeah. Well it's it's funny. Uh, I discovered that beer completely by accident. Um I was wandering in the L C B O and and I saw it uh and then uh at this No wait, no, that's that's wrong. That's how I discovered uh one of your other beers. I actually discovered this beer at uh, the twenty eighteen uh Ontario Craft Brewers uh conference in toronto it was one of the beers being served it was one of the beers being served at uh, one of the uh, community bars and and i'm 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 a sucker for a stout uh or a porter i love i love the 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 heavy malt forward beers and i love the heavy hitters and i think i think i had six of them the day that that day at the conference oh man that that, there's a there's the there's another thing to miss are the conferences and the uh and the get-togethers like those are big parts. Yeah. I, I love that one. That was a wonderful one. And they it was like just getting together with all the Ontario people and trying all the other fantastic beers that are available in this province. That yeah. conference well, had see, a lot of good beer. It did. Uh, and the reason I went to it is because my wife and I were, were uh, considering starting up a brewery. We were, we were looking at the feasibility of it. So we wanted to go to the conference and see what all was there. And met with met with a few other people. I mean, we we met a few few people who own breweries. So like, we got to know the people that own um, that own uh, Grain and Grit. We got to know the people that that uh, that own Steel Wheel Brewing here in Brantford. I mean, you know, we uh, we we met a, we met a few people. We've made a few friends from it. It's been great, and it gave me some insight into the crazy liquor laws and things that there are here in Ontario. There are uh, some crazy <laughs> ones. Yes. Yeah, well, the the sheer num the sheer number of licenses that are required to 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 make beer, distribute beer, sell beer, and give people a glass of beer is absolutely insane to me. I mean, in the states, it's two licenses. Oh, <laughs> there's, geez, there's your like, federal I, excise license, and then your 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 local municipality license, and that's it. <laughs> we have to go through a lot of hoops and loops and jumps and tricks, and you know, it's again another you know upside to maybe the pandemic was some of these are going the way of the dodo, and there things are loosening up some of those draconian laws are sort of slipping away as they should have a while ago so like even think something as simple as selling beer at a a farmer's market right it's finally going to be allowed to happen and it's like that so long (laughs) and even just to get like in order to get a patio and the ability to get a patio used to be so hard and now everyone's just like just let them open just let them open and it's like why wasn't it like that before yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, it is draconian. Uh, you know, what's funny is is when I moved here. I, I, I'm originally from Illinois, um, and liquor there you can buy it at gas stations, you can buy it at the grocery store, you can buy it at the pharmacy. I mean, you can you can buy it off some guy in a wagon on the corner if you know where you're where you're looking. <laughs> and, and I moved up here, and, and my 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 uh, my wife, uh, she's like, yeah, it doesn't work that way here. Um, you can go to the beer store and buy some beer, or you can go to the LCBO and buy beer and some liquor. And, uh, it's the, the liquor laws here are very, very much like, uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, they've got the same weird draconian laws about, you know, but they take it even farther there. It's like, well, you can only buy this much beer from this brewery per year. They're like, 
Yeah. So like these, these, uh, you can only buy a certain amount of any brand of beer. So the breweries have, have actually found kind of a workaround to it that every beer they release is a new brand of beer so that they That's can sell so more silly. of it. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> wow. I mean, and, and the laws up here, the, the laws here are, are equally nuts in, in, yeah. in, uh, in, in, in my, my opinion coming, coming from someplace where, Liquor flows like water, no matter where you're at. <laughs> now, having, having said that, though, yeah, well, that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, it is what it is, it, and hopefully, they 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 keep some of the, the the restrictions that they've loosened, keep them that way, or even get rid of some of them. I mean, it would it would be nice to uh, to not have to have you know so much overhead uh, associated with just trying to 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 be an artist like you guys are in the craft beer industry yeah. and and ultimately that was the you know the the laws and and the sheer number of hoops you had to go through was the thing that kept me and my wife from opening a brewery so like, you know if you want to sell like, pa packaged product the amount of uh you know between taxes and the cost of ingredients like that's why the prices of beer has been you know going up as it is because you and you still have to make enough to make a business as much as you want to make beer as cheap as possible because you want everyone to have it, you can't do that because if you do, you will go out of business. And, yeah, you know, it takes a certain amount of people to run a brewery. It takes, there's a lot of people that, you know, you don't see necessarily behind the scenes and, you know, we have to pay them a, a, a wage that they deserve. A living wage. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to be able to pay them a living wage. So... And it's, it's, it's very, it's, it, the taxes are huge and the cost of like even the can and what the LCBO takes, if you could just sell it your front door and that was all you ever could do, that would, you know, that would be okay. But you know, it's not really set up that way. And, uh, yeah. you know, you depend on the LCBO, you depend on the beer street, you depend on grocery to get your product out there, but they do take, you know, a portion of that right off the top. So there's even less to split up. Yeah, no, and, and and yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a lot of hands in in your pockets. I mean, I get it. Um, I looked when, when so when we decided we couldn't do an actual brick and mortar, excuse me, okay. carbonation. <laughs> when we decided we couldn't do an actual brick and mortar uh, brewery, I had even even looked into seeing if it would be possible for me to brew the stuff you know, from a location and then only sell it like from like a food truck style, only sell it like at beer festivals. And there are zero provisions for that in Ontario liquor laws. They're like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> it's, well, it's just, it's, it's like, I, I don't, no, it's like, no do you not want to make money? <laughs> there's no thinking outside the box. It is like, there is a box. Yeah. You must remain inside it. And up, up until last year, <laughs> You, it, we were all in that same box. And you, I mean, when I first, you know, started looking in, when we started looking at Sawdust and doing all the, you know, those, all the licenses and everything, like it was a process. And then now, you know, when I talk to other young brewers who are starting or anyone who's opening a brewery and they ask about all the licensing stuff, and I wish I remembered half of it, but like it was for us now, seven, eight years ago. And I happily forgot that. As soon as it was done, it was like, I don't want to deal with that <laughs> right? anymore. I, that was like a year and a half of my life. I'm like, I, nope, I, I don't, I wish I could help you, and, but I don't remember anymore. And I'm sure things have changed. But uh, that was like every, every couple of weeks, it would seem like we had this one more hurdle to overcome. And then it was like, and then another one. But 
Right, right. So, so tell tell me a little bit. Uh, tell me a little bit about the brewery for people who might watch this video who don't know anything about Sawdust City. Okay, so we've actually this is going to be our tenth anniversary. Uh, the first three we spent as a contract brewery as we were building our facility. Uh, so we've been open in Gravenhurst for seven years. This is uh, this August will be our seventh year. Uh, Rob and I had always planned on opening in Gravenhurst, uh, but our original plan was to build a brewery on the water and it was going to be like a boat up group up. And uh, we had purchased or Rob had purchased some land uh, down on the wharf in Gravenhurst. And as we started to you know, develop the plans and get everything in order to start break ground, uh, I had gotten a job at um, the Niagara College and I was teaching, helping teach John teach out there. And while I was there, we started contract brewing uh, out of their facility. And then we decided, hey, let's sell this to bars. Let's sell this to LCBO. And we started, you know, developing, getting sales. And by the time, you know, the first couple of batches went out, then we went to Black Oak and we started brewing more there. We actually installed a few fermenters of our own at their facility. And then, you know, two years in, we realized that our brew pub was going to be too small to house the project that we wanted. So we scrapped the brew pub idea and uh, Rob purchased the, the old Canadian Tire, which was in the downtown core of Ravenhurst. Um, all big box stores now live on the outside of town. Downtowns don't exist anymore. They're very small town Ontario's or all across North America sort of have suffered from that. So we were able to bring some business yep. back to downtown, fill one of the large buildings that was sitting vacant for four years and, uh, you know, put a place in it that the community could come to and, you know, back when the community could go outside and enjoy beer, <laughs> come to, come to Sawdust. And, uh, you know, we had lots of different events and, you know, we, it was a, you know, big part of our pride was to be a community hub. So that was very important to us. We have our brew, we have our mug club for people that can, you know, come in and their mugs on the wall. We have our beer club for our, the, that we do for mailing out beers. Uh, you know, we really want it to be a place where you feel comfortable and inclusive for everybody. Um, you know, that's sort of our ethos. And, you know, we make beer for everybody. And if there's not a style that we, there's always a style for everybody. So we try to cover off as many of those as possible. Uh, I'm a bit of a vagrant drinker too. I don't typically drink the same thing twice in a row. I just move around and, uh, I like to vary the style. So, uh, Unfortunately for all our marketing and salespeople, I always constantly have all these different styles that we're making and <laughs> force them to develop brands all the time. No! How dare yeah, you we, make more good beer? <laughs> we, we, we have made a concerted effort to bring in the amount of styles. We still do a wide a lot, but like the year, a couple years ago when we did 52, uh, we decided not to do that anymore. That's like a different style every week. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we did. We released the beer every week for a year <laughs> in, in 2018. So, and it ended that's up crazy. being like, that was 52 outside of our core brands and uh, outside of recurring brands. So it ended up actually being like 67 different beers, unique beers that we released throughout that calendar year. And uh, that's nuts, it man. Was, it was sticking, sticking <laughs> to that every Thursday release was the hardest part because from a production standpoint, we could make the beer, but there are a lot of other things, again, behind the scenes, like getting the labels in on time, uh, 
actually hoping that the beer finished the way you wanted it to or, or, or getting the silver bullets or getting the cans. So if those, if any one of those pieces fell, uh, you had to have a backup you're, plan. So we yeah, typically had your hosed. I did not want to fail. I'm like, it was like failure. Failure is not an option. So we always had at least <laughs> two sort of backup beers that were conditioning, like can conditioning or something from our barrel program that in a pinch, we could just insert if something, one of those steps in the marketing or packaging of a beer didn't follow. And it happened literally the second week of the year. It was like, well, shit. Okay. Uh, pull out that other one. <laughs> so like, of it, course it, it was, you know, it, it was a fun experiment, but, uh, and I'm happy we did it. And that was actually when we, that's how we wanted to sort of first push to online was that we wanted to see if we offered a beer every week, would people order every week? We wanted to develop this sort of like routine of ordering beers. And that's, that was like, like I said, back in 2018, 2019. So we've been trying to get this online thing going for a while. And uh, now we have a, we have a great online sales team. Uh, you know, we've really developed a good program. We've stuck with the beer club. This is our third year. It started with the 52 pickup club. Uh, and then we went, the, the last two years have been a, uh, just a straight beer club where we send where you can sign up for three, six, 12 months. Uh, you can get two of each kind, or you can get one of each kind. Uh, and we often send different, we'll do tastings. We'll do send little extra stuff to them for being part of the beer club. And, um, it's just a way for That's us cool. to give back to the people that really support us. Yeah, no, I get that completely. So, um, a friend of mine owns a brewery in uh, the Milwaukee area. He actually opened his second location in the Milwaukee area, and he has a mug club that my wife and I were annual members of for the longest time. And then he was looking to do the expansion for his second location. He offered a lifetime membership, so oh, I jumped cool. on the chance. So, even even though I'm I'm not able to go there right now. I have a mug hanging up in, in, uh, in, in the location, just waiting for me to show up to get my, to get my 20 ounce pour for the price of, of a 12 ounce pour. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it is too. Like we, we have a little bit more, like we get the mugs created by local artisans and every year they rotate, you can leave it up. But we have like, like you, like we have people that, you know, they're not up here in the winter, but come summertime, there's the mug waiting for them. Uh, and then, you know, you just get right back into the community that you were when you left. So it's like you've left yeah, something I, there. It, it, it's true. I mean, uh, nothing builds brand loyalty like having something like a mug or a beer club. So you can come in and say, hey, I'm number 107. Can I have my mug, please? Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, 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 and, you automatically you're sitting there talking to the, the bar staff and the wait staff and, you know, you've created something where it's easy to talk to and, you know, what's new, what's coming up. And it's, it's, it's great way to, you know, give back. And, you know, that's one of the things I really, really miss about, about all the, uh, all this pandemic stuff is, is being able to go into different brew pubs and different breweries and, and just talk, talk to the people. I mean, you know, we used to go down, uh, we, we only live like 20 minutes from uh, green and grit, which is in Hamilton. Um, and we'd go down and we'd sit there and we'd shoot the shit with uh, Joe and Lindsay, the owners. And, you know, we knew all the people that were working there. They were all our friends because we were down there a lot. So we'd go and we'd hang out and, you know, we knew what was going on in their lives. They knew what was going on in ours. It really fosters a sense of community. And and I think I think that's one of the things that really I, I hope doesn't get lost due to all this pandemic. I think I, I, I think 
and, and I hope that once uh, all the restrictions are lifted and people are able to get back together, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see a big influx of people coming back and just basically getting getting to uh, get reacquainted with their, their quote unquote friends from the bars, you know, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's one of those things I really miss. I, I definitely feel like there will, I mean, I think there's a certain portion of people will be the first to the gate to get in there. They've been like chomping at the bit. There'll be a few people that they'll slowly integrate themselves back in, but then there'll be a portion of people that, you know, it might take them a little longer because they're just a little bit uneasy with the situation. But I, I think the majority fall into the first two categories and you're going to get like, I can't wait to go and have I, draft beer is just something you just took for granted. And now it's like, dag, I, I just want a proper pint. Like just, I mean, I right? know it, it just, <laughs> I just want it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I'll be in that first group that's pushing down the gate to get in, but I'll definitely be at the, the front of the second group. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's funny. Everyone has their, like, they'll fit into these groups and they'll fit whatever. But as long as everyone goes back with their own comfort level and, and feel comfortable going back. And when we, when yeah. we did, like, well, it, it was like two weeks where we were allowed to open, everyone knew they were just going to close down again right away. Like, remember, like, right in February, they're like, oh, everyone's going back to red. Yeah. So what we did was we actually opened, we didn't open the saloon. We only opened it to uh, mug club members. So like if they could call ahead, they could, they could come in and book a time and then they could drink at the bar. We just didn't have the staff and we didn't want to bring everybody back because we knew that it was all going to close down again. So right. this whole yo-yo thing was just getting tired. So we just, that's how we did it. And we were able to get a few people in you know, for a glass of beer. And that was nice. And we saw some familiar faces, but then now it's been two and a half months of nobody uh, anywhere. So, yeah, you know, well, and, and the thing that makes it worse is now the weather is getting really nice. It's, it's prime patio season right oh, now. Yeah. This, it's like, weekend, I could be, I, I could be sitting there drinking a beer. <laughs> this was a bit, this is, you know, May 2, 4 is a big weekend and Friday was 30 degrees. Yesterday was absolutely astonishingly beautiful so like we know those would have been like big patio days for us that's you know important because we only have x amount of this summer so every weekend that we miss is a is not good but at the same time we still have our retail open and people can still come and anything that's available on draft they can take home so as long as they were getting a chance to get that but it would have been nice to see it's also just the feeling of seeing people around and that, uh, you know, it's very joyful. Right. Um, and it just seems right yeah. now a little clinical. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it is, I mean, you know, cause everybody has to maintain a certain distance and, and, and if you're not able to, you have to have a mask on, which, which regardless of the, whether or not, you know, what you believe about the science and if it works or not, I mean, I happen to believe masks are great. You know, it does, it does make things a bit more clinical and a bit more impersonal because, you know, it's harder to read people's uh, expressions oh, yeah. and their body language if half their face is covered. <laughs> you know, you want to see a smile, but you can't. And you, you, you know, you could sort of see the eyes. Maybe you can see a, see a smile, but it's not the same as like a big toothy grin and just talking with people. Yep. Um, you know, it's nice to, you know, converse and we, it's harder to be a community hub when you've taken away the thing that made it a community. Hub. Right. 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 No. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely get it. I mean, and every weekend that you guys can't have people there is like 
a shot to your wallet. I mean, you know, your bottom line suffers because your your service industry, you know, re- regardless of the fact that you manufacture and you distribute online, you guys are at heart, uh, all, all saloons and all brew pubs are service industry. And, you know, not being able to to service people the way you're used to, it, it does hurt. I mean, I get it. <laughs> that being said, I think, you know, Ontario is doing a great job. They're getting out there. They're getting vaccinated. All, all the numbers point to, you know, a cheery end of summer. So uh, I, for one, will yep. take the optimistic uh, rose-colored glasses and say, you know, by July, we'll be mostly back to regular and we'll have that saloon ready to go. This patio will be ready to go. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll see. We unfortunately won't be able to do Funk Fest again this year, but it will happen, you know, in the future. So, uh you know, I, I will be optimistic as much as possible. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've come to the end of another show. Um, it, it, this is, this is typically the point of the show where, where I give a shout out to a, to a brewery that does a, that does a, a style similar to the one that we're discussing. But since no one else I know of does this style, I'm not going to be able to do that to, today. But, uh, how, how about this? How about this, Sam? You, uh, you got anything special coming down the pipe that you want to you, you want to let people know about? Uh, we have a you know we have a, a couple of versions of Limberlost coming out. Um, oh, I love the I love the blueberry one. <laughs> so this year we're going with uh, we have a blonde and a brune. Uh, the blonde is seven point two percent. It's got some lemon zest in it. It's very tart, um, super funk forward. The brown is a brune, um, more malty. Uh, it's got like cherry cola vibes, some lighter funk, uh, and a, and a little less alcohol, but a nice sort of glass of dark sour beer. Um, then we gotta have, love a good brewing, man. Yeah, I really like how this this one's been conditioning for seven or eight months. Uh, it's right where we like it. Um, <laughs> we have our a rosé that we made with grapes from Malivoire. Uh It's called the Big Pink. It's uh, Fermented only on the, the natural uh, grape yeast. Uh, there's no um, hops and there are no, there's no brewer's yeast in this, but it's very much, uh, it's a it's beer wine hybrid. I think you'll see a lot of these coming up. Guys at uh, Merritt and Hamilton do a bunch of them. Uh, Spinney knocks it out of the park. That's his jam. Uh, so, you know, we did a bit of a, a swaparoo earlier this year and we had a Zoom call where we just drank each other's beers. Um, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh yeah, makes good beer yeah yeah uh, spinny used to work here and I, I he's a great fellow and a, and a wonderful brewer and anytime i could throw any love his way i like to um but those are the sours and stuff we got coming up and then we have our coriolis variants coming um which we're excited about pineapple uh scotch bonnet uh blueberry lavender and uh salted mango will be coming out towards the end of june early july that's what we got in the next little bit. And like those two collabs I talked about, the one with Indy and the one with uh, the guys out of Prince Eddie, we're uh, just nice. making the rounds now. And awesome. the one with Prince Eddie, well, you know I... what? Is sort of, it's a, it's a pina colada triple IPA. So it's in the vein oh. of the Pinot. So There you go. That's it's, another sit by the pool or at the beach uh, kind of beer. It's over 10% <laughs> though. So, and it's only in a shorty. So just, I would be caught like, with that what? one, like... <laughs> Drink, sip slowly. It's a big one. 
<laughs> no, I want I want it in one of the big crawler cans. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they just they just packaged it on Thursday, and I think they came out on Friday, so like it's super fresh right now. Uh, so look nice. into that. It's Prince Eddie's in the county. I'll, I'll have to check it out. You know, one, one of my favorite breweries uh, that used to be in Prince Edward County was uh, County Road. And uh, unfortunately, they uh, they uh, they dissolved the business. They had some sort of uh, falling out with somebody, and they dissolved the business, which is really unfortunate because they made some fantastic beers. They had a really but, cool uh, spot. Their winery. The, yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, their winery is still around, which is great. Uh, so you can still go and get some wine. And I think they still have the kitchen open so that, you know, they make fantastic food. But And, and uh, the brew house did go to matron so the brew house itself is actually still in the county and justin's using it to make some of his own fantastic beer down at matron in uh, bloomfield matron matron makes fine beer you know as 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 they say fine beer you know matron fine beer they do make some fine beer you know what's funny is uh i actually i actually uh looked into buying the uh, the brew house from from county road when they closed up (laughs) because i thought it'd be great to you know because like i said we were looking at starting a brewery i was like oh i mean okay if they're closing theirs maybe i can buy their equipment Yeah. And really, really, I just wanted to buy some of their recipes because they made a, uh, a maple Belgian double that was absolutely to die for. Yeah. And they had a uh, a dark, a dark uh, sour cherry goza that was really good, too. I like their stuff. I, 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 I just happened upon it one day when I was driving around the county. I'd been in there the night before doing a collab, and I was waiting a couple hours to drive to Kingston. And I just happened upon it. And then I ended up sitting there and talking with the owner for longer than I should have. And it was a lot yep. of fun. It was great. I love the county. I actually, I got a chance to try some new, fantastic new beer from the county just this weekend. The guys from Slake, uh, which will, which are just opening now. Uh, uh, Nick, the brewer, sent me some beers and they were all fantastic. It's There's a lot going on in the county right now. Such, so many good breweries. Yeah. Well, they had, they had a big uh, incentive for the last few years trying to get craft brewers to come to the, to the, to the area. Uh, I remember when when I was looking into starting a brewery, they they had, you know, they had all sorts of uh, promotional material for stuff, tax incentives and things like that for you to 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 open your your brewery or your winery there. It was really cool. I mean, it was it was, and and it looks like it's paid off. I mean, they've gotten a few new breweries up in that area lately. So yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'd like to thank Sam for being on the show today. Thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule, uh, brewing all sorts of beers and things like that uh, for being on the program. Um, you know, if, uh, if, if, you've, if you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe. If you want to be notified when new episodes come out, just click the little bell. Um, please feel free to leave any questions, comments, or suggestions for a beer style you'd like me to talk about, and I'll try and find a guest to have on. Um, uh, other than that, you know, until that, until next time, cheers. Thanks, Sam. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it.